In today's brief, we'll talk about what happened over the weekend, Vladimir Putin's fantasies, and one of my favorite stores, IKEA. I'm Linnea, and today is Monday, June 19th, 2023. In the United States, we're celebrating Juneteenth today, a holiday commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. At the time of recording, the Deputy Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Hanna Malyar, reported that eight settlements have been liberated so far, including Novodarivka, Levadne, Storozheve, Makarivka, Blachodatne, Lobkove, Neskuchne, and Piatechatki. Malyar added that Ukrainian forces have advanced up to seven kilometers, liberating a total of about 113 kilometers square. Russia has likely gained a, quote, temporary advantage in southern Ukraine, according to the UK Defense Ministry. Quote, especially with attack helicopters employing longer-range missiles against ground targets, end quote. Russia has reportedly bolstered its attack helicopter force since the start of the Ukrainian counteroffensive operations. The general staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine reported that Russian forces tried to advance toward the towns of Kupyansk, Liman, Avdiivka, Marinka, and Shakhtarsk in eastern and southeastern Ukraine on June 17th, but failed to make any headway. The Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, reported that Ukrainian forces continued counteroffensive actions in at least four areas of the front on June 17th. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, and other Russian sources claimed that Ukrainian forces conducted localized ground attacks west and south of Kremina. Deputy Defense Minister Malyar stated that Ukrainian forces continue counteroffensive operations near Bakhmut, and Russian sources claimed that Ukrainian forces attacked on the northern and southern outskirts of the city. The Russian MOD and other Russian sources also claimed that Russian forces repelled limited Ukrainian ground attacks on the Avdiivka-Donetsk city line. Ukrainian forces continued counteroffensive operations south, southwest, and southeast of Velikanovosilka, near the administrative border between western Donetsk and eastern Zaporizhia oblasts. Ukrainian forces also conducted counteroffensive operations between southwest and southeast of Orekhiv in western Zaporizhia Oblast. Malyar also stated that Ukrainian forces advanced up to two kilometers in multiple unspecified directions in southern Ukraine, despite Russian artillery and air superiority. Russian attacks against Ukraine killed two civilians in Kherson Oblast and wounded 16 in Kherson, Donetsk, Sumy, and Zaporizhia Oblasts on June 15th, according to regional authorities. As a result of the Russian missile attack on June 16th, an 82-year-old woman and another civilian were injured in Kyiv Oblast. According to prosecutors, residential buildings and a shop were damaged in the settlement. Four people, including a child, are known to have been injured by the debris of some of the Russian missiles launched on June 16th, according to the Regional Department of the State Emergency Service. The debris destroyed three houses and damaged 15 more buildings, according to the report. One civilian was killed and three wounded in Kherson Oblast on June 17th, 
And yesterday, two civilians were killed in Vukhladar, and two more killed in the Sumy Oblast, including a father and his four-year-old son. Russia's Major General Sergei Goryachev, the chief of staff of the 35th Combined Arms Army, was quote almost certainly killed in a strike in a command post in Ukraine's south on or around June 12th, according to the UK Defense Ministry. The ministry wrote in its latest intelligence update that Goryachev is the first Russian general whose death in Ukraine has been confirmed since the beginning of 2023. General Alexander Sirsky, commander of the Ukrainian ground forces, made a new visit to Ukrainian military units near the city of Bakhmut in Donetsk Oblast, where, according to the general, Russian forces have recently been concentrating around the city. Quote, "The enemy continues to transfer his military units to Bakhmut." Concentrating large forces in this direction, but we have a clear task, which is the deoccupation of our territories. End quote. On the home front, the AFP reports that works of art were secretly taken out of Ukraine to protect them from the war and are being temporarily housed at the Louvre in Paris. Russia fired missiles at Kyiv on the day when an African delegation with a peacekeeping mission arrived in the Ukrainian capital. Oddly enough, African politicians want to propose, in particular, the suspension of the International Criminal Court warrant for Russian President Vladimir Putin's arrest and the easing of anti-Russian sanctions. Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba tweeted after the visit, quote, "Russian missiles are a message to Africa. Russia wants more war, not peace." End quote. Calling the attack the largest on Kyiv in weeks, head of the office of the president Andriy Yermak also commented on the attack, saying that Putin quote wants to demonstrate that he is willing to disregard the safety of foreign leaders, and he actually doesn't care because he feels complete impunity. End quote. South African President Cyril Ramaphosa and other leaders in the delegation, including the presidents of Zambia, Senegal, and Comoros. The Prime Minister of Egypt and the Foreign Minister of Uganda visited Bucha and the mass grave of 458 civilians killed by Russian forces during their brief occupation of the town early in the wide-scale invasion. After the explosions in Kyiv, a spokesman for the South African president said that the mission of African leaders was quote going well and according to plan. End quote. In an interview with NBC News, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated that having blown up the Kohovka Dam hydropower plant or HPP, Russia wants to blow up the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant or ZNPP, saying, quote, "Just like with the dam, they're not interested in security in Ukraine. They constantly need destabilization here, and they want the world to put pressure on Ukraine for the option they want to end this conflict." End quote. The day before, International Atomic Energy Agency or IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi visited the station occupied by Russian forces and estimated the level of filling of the cooling pond after the emptying of the Kohovka reservoir. Grossi is expected to visit Moscow this week. Responding to Russian President Putin's allegations that President Zelensky is the so-called shame of the Jewish people, the chief rabbi of Ukraine responded, quote, I can personally say that I am proud of President Zelensky, that he did not run away and is doing everything to help the Ukrainian people, and not only me. I think the whole world is proud of him. End quote. 
U.S. Lieutenant General Ben Hodges stated that Ukraine is on the way to the liberation of Crimea, saying, quote, Ukraine has embarked on a path that will lead to the liberation of Crimea and the expulsion of Russian troops from Ukraine, end quote. He emphasized that the start of the counteroffensive is an important step for Ukraine, but, quote, its main phase has not yet begun, end quote. Let's talk about the Russian Federation. Mobile internet service was turned off at the St. Petersburg Economic Forum before Putin's arrival, allegedly for, quote, technical work, but in fact to protect the forum site from a possible drone attack. While speaking at the plenary session, Putin assured that he can, quote, destroy any building in the center of Kyiv, end quote, even without nuclear weapons. But he does not do this, quote, for several reasons reasons which he, of course, declined to name. Further indulging in his fantasies, Putin declared that Russian forces have destroyed five patriot complexes in Kyiv, which is 250% of the patriot systems that have been delivered to Ukraine so far, and 100% false. Putin also threatened to strike airbases outside Ukraine if the F-16 fighters used in the war were based there, and announced that the first Russian tactical nuclear charges are already on the territory of Belarus, and the final transfer will be completed by the end of the year. The Russian State Duma introduced a draft law prohibiting gender-affirming care for transgender people. Putin instructed the Russian Health Ministry to create a separate psychiatric institute for the study of LGBT people, as well as a number of other, quote, behavioral areas. This may mean that research work is underway in Russia to introduce conversion therapy, a set of psychological and physical practices that are aimed at allegedly, quote, correcting a person's sexual orientation and gender identity. A large-scale fire broke out in the Russian city of Kursk just after 2 a.m. local time on June 16th. The fire was allegedly caused by a drone attack on a nearby communication tower. Two plaques adorn the wall of a school in Russia. On the left is a plaque in memory of Semyon Tutrinov, who was killed in Chechnya in 2002 at the age of 21. On the right is a plaque in memory of his son, Alexander Tutrinov, who was killed last year in Ukraine, also at the age of 21. Really, the only thing preventing a third generation from being memorialized on that wall as Russia continues feeding its citizens into the imperialist machine is the fact that Alexander had no children. In European news, the still-serving Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Oleksiy Desnikov, announced that the Aviation Coalition has been formed, and Denmark and the Netherlands will train Ukrainian pilots on F-16 fighter jets. Reznikov also announced the creation of an IT coalition with Estonia and Luxembourg, which will provide support to Ukraine in the field of IT and cyber defense. Ukraine has established the location of 11 Ukrainian prisoners of war handed over by Russia to Hungary. Oleg Kotenko, the Ukrainian commissioner for missing persons, stated that the prisoners' names and the route by which they were taken to Hungary are known, and that up until now, There had been no information at all about seven of those prisoners. 
The Estonian government has supported a proposal to draft legislation for using the frozen assets of individuals linked to Russia's aggression to rebuild Ukraine, according to Estonia's foreign ministry on June 15th. Prime Minister Kaya Kalas stated, quote, It is unfair that the taxpayers of democratic countries must pay for the war damage caused by Russia. Ukraine is a victim of Russia's war and must be compensated by Russia. End quote. The Parliament of Estonia also said in a statement on June 16th that it supports the creation of a special tribunal to prosecute officials in Russia who planned and committed the crime of aggression against Ukraine. The European Union will not support the initiative of African leaders regarding Ukraine if it involves freezing the conflict, according to the Speaker of the European Commission, Peter Stano. He noted that there can be peace only after Putin, quote, stops terrorizing the Ukrainian people and withdraws his army of murderers and marauders from Ukrainian territory, end quote. He added that he hopes the missile strike during the delegation's visit to Kyiv will make Russia's intentions clear. Swedish retailer IKEA has announced that it joins the major Scandinavian boycott campaign of Mandalay over the company's refusal to leave the Russian market. A few days ago, the Swedish army announced that it will also boycott Mandalay. Next, worldwide news. What, you didn't expect me? Are rock star Linnea's voices a little tired, which is exactly what happens when you work 24-7, so I'm here to fill in. The largest Ukrainian flag in the world was unfurled in New York. The flag was unfurled for the first time in 2012 in Kyiv and was entered into the Book of Records of Ukraine, officially recording that this blue and yellow flag is the largest in the world. Recently, a baseball game supporting Ukraine was held in New York, where about 250 event visitors unfurled the flag. Twice impeached, former U.S. president and current U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump said that as president, he would not allow a Russian-Ukrainian war. And the United States, quote, would have no problems, end quote, with Russia, Ukraine, and China. Trump has consistently criticized the Joe Biden administration's approach to these issues. President Putin criticized the so-called peace initiatives, stating, quote, as for Mr. Trump, many sanctions and restrictions were imposed against Russia during his presidency. But I do not rule out that if there was another administration, we would still be able to follow the plan for a peaceful settlement, which, unfortunately, was abandoned in Ukraine and Western capitals. End quote. NATO may agree to simplify Ukraine's path to alliance, according to German Defense Minister Boris Pistorius. U.S. President Joe Biden, however, believes Ukraine will not have a, quote, easy, end quote, path to NATO, saying, quote, the United States will not create special conditions for Ukraine to join NATO. It must meet the same standards. Therefore, we will not make this task any easier, end quote. The day before, Politico reported that the U.S. president discussed with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg Ukraine's entry into the alliance without fulfilling the mandatory membership action plan. According to the publication, this format of Ukraine's accession could have been applied after the end of the Russian-Ukrainian war. 
On June 16th, the U.S. State Department pledged to provide $205 million in additional humanitarian assistance for Ukraine in order to support those affected by Russia's war. The press statement read, quote, U.S. humanitarian assistance provides the people of Ukraine with critical support, including food, safe drinking water, education, legal assistance, accessible shelter, health care, and more through our international and non-governmental partners in the region, end quote. Ukrainian postage stamp, Russian warship go yourself, was recognized as the best in the world for 2022 according to the prestigious World Post and Parcel Awards. It makes it so much sweeter knowing that the warship understood the assignment. NATO has launched a new center to protect undersea pipelines and cables, as concern mounts over Russian sabotage threat. Now let's talk military tech. Germany handed over two Vicent 1 armored demining vehicles based on the Leopard 1 tank. The Pentagon expects the Ukrainian military to complete training on Abrams tanks by the end of the summer, which coincides with the expected delivery of 31 M1A1 Abrams tanks in the fall. Germany will immediately provide Ukraine with 60 more guided missiles for Patriot systems. And Belgium has approved the 15th military aid package for Ukraine, which will include tracked armored personnel carriers of the M113 type. Their number is not specified. U.S. lawmakers have submitted a new defense budget bill to U.S. Congress that allocates $80 million for the purchase of Army Tactical Missile Systems, ATACMS, for Ukraine. The bill instructs the Defense Secretary to brief Congress on the process of procurement and transfer of ATACMS to Ukraine by December 31, 2023. The Swedish government has agreed to the participation of up to 60 military personnel of the armed forces in the establishment of logistics and maintenance centers for military equipment near Ukraine, for example, in Poland, according to the Swedish Defense Minister Paul Johnson. The centers will repair and maintain military equipment that Sweden has donated to Ukraine. On June 16, Sweden's defense ministry made public its 12th aid package for Ukraine worth $23.5 million, including training Ukrainian pilots on JAS-39 Gripen fighter jets. The package was presented at the 13th Rammstein Format Summit of the Ukrainian Defense Contact Group in Brussels. Reznikov believes that Ukrainian pilots will be able to master the F-16 in four months, not the standard six. At the same time, he said Ukraine will be able to receive the aircraft no earlier than 2024, as the training course for engineers and technicians is longer. The defense minister also noted that the airfields for these aircraft will be inside Ukraine. The Danish authorities are ready to hand over F-16 fighters to Ukraine, subject to the approval of the United States which manufactures the planes. According to Acting Minister of Defense of Denmark, Troels Lund Poulsen, quote, Ukraine needs planes more than ever if they want to fight their fight. This also applies to the Danish F-16 fighter jets, end quote. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda.
Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.